Hey guys, buckle up for a brand new episode of Below the Iceberg, the one and only podcast where we talk to real life two comma club winners. Whether you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a wannabe entrepreneur, or you've been in business for a while, you're sure to pick up tidbits of actionable advice from these million dollar entrepreneurs. Now, if you don't know what a two comma club winner is, it's where they've built one funnel inside the ClickFunnels software and have sold $1 million through just that one funnel, which is amazing. Now, in today's episode, I'm really excited to be talking to Chantel Turner, who on the face of it, she looks like she's achieved a two comma club award in just seven months, but that's not the true story. After she met with Russell Brunson himself at ClickFunnels headquarters, everything changed. So let's dive in and find out what she does and what happened when she met Russell that changed the trajectory of her business and how she achieved that million dollar funnel. So welcome Chantal to Below the Iceberg. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to come and chat with me. Absolutely a pleasure. And absolutely awesome achievement for hitting the two comma club. Thank you. I'm excited about it. It's awesome. So what I like to do with my guests is I like to do a little bit of digging on their social media profiles because it shows our listeners uh, what's achievable with small followings and large followings. So I had a quick little look and I found TikTok is your biggest following that I could find. Is that right? Yes, definitely. I had one video really like blow up and got a ton of followers. So yeah. And that you've got about 30,000 <clears throat> followers on TikTok. Yep. Which is, that is really good. Um, Facebook, about 300. You've got a Facebook group with, I found one with about 750. Is that the only one you have or do you have another one? Um, I have a couple in different niches. So um, Facebook groups is something I grew very early on when... Um, they were kind of new, and I have one that's got about 3,000 moms in it um, in a different niche, and then it's not really a heavy focus of mine anymore, so that's why the groups are smaller. All right, okay. So do you want to tell our listeners exactly what you do? Yeah, so um, we run a couple of businesses, but the one that um, earned us the Two Comma Club Award is a business where we do technical support for live events. So we um, handle really big corporate events and can't do all of the audiovisual and crewing people for those events. All right, okay, awesome. So when did you hit the two comma club? When did you get the million dollar sales? We did it in July. Um, technically, I mean, <laughs> we actually did it before that, probably more like um, the early part of May, but the way that our clients work is they all pay us on a net 30 basis. So we complete the work. Um, they do often do deposits, but we complete the work and then they pay 30 days after. So I had to wait, <laughs> even though we already have the million dollars in sales, I had to wait for those payments to come in before actually applying. So you knew it was coming. So yeah. was it a goal to hit the two comma club? Most definitely. Um, I've been in the Kind of click funnels community since about 2017 2018 but i've been an online entrepreneur since 2014 and um definitely had my fair share of six-figure businesses which was you know a milestone in and of itself but the difference of going like from six figures to seven figures is a massive leap um so it's always been a huge goal and then i think everyone says like oh once you hit that first million like the next one's easy 
And I would say definitely true. We like now that we're running, I see, you know, 10 million, it seems really close. Um, but going from going from a hundred thousand to a million seems almost impossible. <laughs> so when you hit the million, so you knew it was coming, did you have a celebration? Did you party? What did you do? No, um, it, we actually like pressed it over it without even realizing because we were just so busy and like that, I mean, from January until June is a very busy time of year for us. It's when a lot of people have their events. So especially like May, um, we just had tons of, of business. So I wasn't really like watching. And then um, I was doing a bunch of accounting inside our QuickBooks and all of a sudden it was like, oh, 1.3, what? Okay, I guess we, guess we did it. <laughs> so yeah. million you just carried on as normal then was it yep just kept going <laughs> so what was the funnel that you were using to, that you got the two comma club with so we have a really simple lead gen funnel um just like a very simple opt-in uh, it allows us to showcase our business and for clients to find us but beyond that um we Basically, once they opt in, we're talking to them on the phone and then everything's kind of back end. So um, it's not a pretty funnel. In fact, um, I, as soon as you hit the two comma club, all the people come out of the woodwork to like try and work with you, right? Oh, you, you have money. Hey, I can do this for you. I can do that for you, right? Um, and one of the people that congratulated us, super nice, but he was like, by the way, I'm a ClickFunnels top 10 funnel designer. And um, your funnel, I don't know that he knew we had hit the million, but he was like, your funnel could use a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a very ugly funnel, but it also got me a million dollars. So like, I, like, I know it's not pretty, <laughs> but it worked. It's surprising though, how many funnels that hit the two comma club, they're not that pretty. I think not in every business, of course, um, but sometimes the fancier and the more effort and energy and work you put in, um, I think detracts from the actual like, work that you're doing, um, especially in our business. Like our clients aren't looking to see how well we can build a website. They care how well we can handle their event. And so it doesn't need to be anything complicated or fancy. It just needs to work. <laughs> so did you, was it like a VSL? Did it have like a video with an application? No? It, um, it literally just... Um, it's almost like a more of a traditional website, although it doesn't have as many pages as like I would say most websites have, but, um, and it's kind of condensed into a single, instead of having all these different pages, um, we do have like a, a bar at the top. So about us, contact us, all that kind of stuff, but it's all in one page. So they're not jumping through different pages on our funnel. It's all just linear in a single page. And those things will take them to different areas of the page itself which I think works really well because then they're still, they're not leaving and, and getting lost on the website. They're still in a single opt-in page, um, but it just kind of goes, gives an overview about our company, what we do, how we can support them, very clean and simple. And then once they opt in, we do a very simple intake form um, and contact them. And then from there, you know, through phone calls and stuff, um, work with them on their events. Awesome. So are you still using the same funnel now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Let's do a little bit of a rewind. Let's Okay. Back to your childhood. Okay. <laughs> so what was your childhood like? 
Um, it was good. I, my parents divorced when I was young. And so, um, I got two really good, very different educations in like business and financial background. Um, my dad has basically been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, I think he had like one job decided it was not for him and then just started building his own businesses. And he's been incredibly successful with the different business ventures that he's done. Um, so I would say we grew up privileged in that sense that we, you know, we had money, um, we didn't worry about, you know, where our next meal might come from or things like that. But I also had a job at 14, um, had to, you know, earn my own money. And my mom was that like single mother for a really long time. She always had a, a job, but she worked really hard and she was really conservative with her money. So I kind of learned both sides of that, which I think was such a great upbringing. Um, and then I went to, I went to school and school was like, entrepreneurs said that don't do that go to school go to college get a job and so even though I'd seen my dad be an entrepreneur my whole life I was like I'm gonna go get a job <laughs> um and it wasn't even until having my daughter and needing the extra financial support that I decided to kind of get online and become an entrepreneur okay so what did your dad what was your dad's business when you were young he had a lot of businesses. Um, so he was in the wine business for a while. I think he did shoes. And um, the big one that a lot of people like really knew um, was clearly Canadian. So it used to be, it's not big anymore, but it was huge back in like the um, late eighties, early nineties. It was like a flavored sparkling water, like massively all over the US. I don't know about other countries, but it was called clearly Canadian. Um, really, really big company. And then kind of gave that up, got into a couple other businesses that didn't do as well, one in like a different type of sports drink, one in like a fitness product. Um, and then for the last probably like 15 plus years, um, he has been building multi-million dollar custom homes. So oh, okay. he's kind of like he always had a hand in helping our houses be designed and built when we were kids and then decided that, hey, I want to learn how to build houses and just got his contractor license. Okay. And now that's what he does. So what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a child? I wanted to be an actress and a singer. Um, I, I grew up on stage. I was always in theater. Um, like even six, seven years old, I did theater camp every summer. I did every show. And definitely that was the dream, except I realized the reality was probably not going to happen. So. Me too. That was my dream too. <laughs> yeah. And then grown up me was like, mm, maybe we should have a job. <laughs> When you went to college, what did you do? So I actually started as a political science major. I can't tell you why, because I actually hate politics. Uh, but I, my family was surprised I wanted to go to college at all. I was a C student all through high school. I hated school. I just wasn't, I wasn't good at it. I didn't enjoy it. So when I said I want to go to college, they were really surprised. Um, and I figured if I'm going to go to college, I have to have like a meaningful degree. So I... I picked political science, decided to major, minor in theater because I still loved it and I wanted to have that background to keep going. Yeah. Um, and then about six weeks into political science classes, I was like, this is, this is not going to work as a major. <laughs> so I changed my major to theater arts and then ended up minoring in pre-law. You can't major in law. Um, so I minored in it thinking everyone had always said, you make a great lawyer. You love to argue. You're so good at that. And I thought, well, that's cool. Like acting is kind of like being a lawyer, right? Like there's a little bit of showboating and acting going on in there and I get to argue with people. Um, but after minoring in pre-law, I realized it was really just homework for the rest of my life. So <laughs> theater <laughs> was, got my major in theater and decided to stick with that. <laughs> so when you left college, what, what did you do next? 
I worked for um, a, a kind of convention center um, that had a couple of theaters and an arena. We brought in concerts and all that kind of stuff. So I did use my degree. And then I moved from where I was in Arizona out to Seattle, worked for another convention center out there with their theater, um, kind of helping run their theater for a number of years. And then I got into sales. Everyone had always told me my whole life would be great at sales. So um, started selling audiovisual equipment for live events. So kind of like what we do now, but on the sales side of things um, for a company in a hotel. And so um, the convention center, what were you doing for them? Uh, so I helped manage their theater, all of their, like the crew, the people that worked for the theater and all of that. I helped manage it all. Okay. So what happened to the acting then? Why didn't you go into acting? I was not the best at it. Um, I loved it. I loved acting and I absolutely love singing even more. Um, but I think, you know, the reality for me was that truthfully, I'm not as good at acting as so many other people. Um, and as much as I loved it, I just, it wasn't a skill set that I was fantastic at. And I think to truly make it, you have to be really good and you have to be willing to consistently be really good and to keep showing up and just constantly get put down, basically not get the job until yeah. you finally get your break. And I just, I didn't want to be a broke, starving artist until maybe someday I finally got my break. So instead I said, I'll get onto the technical side of things, learn that part of the industry, still be a part of it, but in a way that I can financially support myself. So you were in the, so you went into sales then? Yep. And how long did you do that for? Um, I did audiovisual sales across like three different hotels um, within that career for probably close to 10 years. Um, started just as like a regular salesperson with zero sales background whatsoever, and then worked my way up to like senior sales manager, director of sales um, by the time I left. Did you get some good sales training from that job? I got, um, I would say, yes, there was some training. More, I built up a really good confidence in myself as a salesperson. Um, I just, I got really good at hearing no. I got really good at customer communication and follow-up, which I think is a really big part of sales that people miss. So it's not necessarily like the couple of words you say on a call, but it's how you treat that customer long-term to keep them coming back. And so what I actually really specialized in and what I became very good at was growing a customer year over year. So retaining them instead of constantly fishing for new clients, retaining a client and increasing the amount of money they spent with us each year. Um, so my quota, by the time I left, my quota was typically about a million dollars a year. And I would like hit that two or three times over, no problem. Okay, so what, ha what happened next then from that job? So I have my daughter, um, she's nine now, but when she was born, she actually had a stroke just before birth. And so we went through a lot <laughs> emotionally, financially. Oh yeah, it was, it was a crazy experience. Um, and I had a good job, so I was in sales. I, the company I worked for was a very large company with really good insurance. My husband had a great job, um, but unfortunately that insurance just did not cover about half of her medical bills. She was in the NICU for 11 days. I was in the hospital for five. Um, and then all of her medical bills leaving the hospital, we had over $100,000 in medical debt. And so he was traveling about 80% of the year for his work. I was already working full time. I couldn't possibly get another job. She was in daycare all day. Um, and then I was trying to take care of her at night. And so a friend reached out and said, hey, you can make some money on the internet. And I was like, this was 2014, like a little sketchy to make money on the internet. I was like, okay, I'll try because I need money. So <laughs> that's 
kind of how I got my start. So does in the UK we don't have medical bills like that. So does your insurance not cover all of your medical bills? Yeah, so in the US, um, it's ridiculous. And your insurance, even good insurance, does not cover all of your medical bills. Wow. Um, it does not cover a lot of things. So, and we had like at the time, very good insurance. Um, but the the bills are absolutely astronomical, um, probably close to a million dollars in total bills. So the fact that I only ended up with a hundred thousand, I guess, seems wow. like it's a little bad. Um, but I mean, the NICU is, you know, like, I don't know, probably like 60 or $70,000 a day. And they charge you yeah. like, like a little thing of Neosporin could be $200. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, so you are on the hook for all <laughs> of those expenses. Whoa. Okay. So 2014, then you decided to jump online to make some extra cash. Yeah, so I had a friend, I didn't know much about network marketing, um, and I didn't know much about the company, but she was like, hey, I make $400 a month doing this like online marketing thing. Um, you're good at sales, you could make that. And I was like, $400 a month would at least make a dent. It's not a lot, but like it was a lot at the time yeah. to start making a dent in those hospital bills if that was extra income. So I was like, okay, sure, I'm in. Like, what do I do? And unfortunately, like it wasn't a product that I had any kind of excitement or passion about. It wasn't a product I really felt like using. Um, so trying to sell it to other people was really hard because what was it? it wasn't a bad product. It just wasn't for me. And so I failed miserably and was like, network marketing sucks. The internet sucks. This is not for me. Um, and at the time I was burnt out just like physically, emotionally, my husband was gone about 80% of the year. So I was single momming it to a kid with special needs, um, working full-time commuting almost three hours a day round trip like waking up at four o'clock in the morning just to get my daughter to daycare, to go to work, to come. Like it was, I was falling asleep driving to work. It was miserable. Yeah. And a friend reached out and said, hey, there's this supplement that I've been taking and it's absolutely changed my life. And I'm like, look girl, I, I literally, I'm trying to go to the gym. I'm taking all of this supplements, whatever that my trainer recommended, like whatever you have, it can't possibly work for me. Yeah. And she goes, I'm gonna send you some, just give it a try. I tried it and it literally changed my life. And so after falling in love with it, then she's like, it's a network marketing company. You can sell it. <laughs> of course, right? Hook them in. Um, but the difference was, and while it's also not for everyone, it did work for me. I did love it. And so sharing that with people was really easy because as opposed to the other product that I didn't love, didn't use, couldn't understand why anybody would want to use, this was something I knew I was at least passionate about. So I sold it incredibly well. And I built a business that was, or a team that sold several million dollars a year in these network marketing products, um, paid off all of our medical bills. And um, that was like, so started in 2014. And by the end of 2016, we cleared all our medical bills, um, gotten some vacations, really got into a good flow of income from that company. And that's when I stepped away from my full-time job to become an entrepreneur. <laughs> All right, okay, so that was cool. So how long did you keep with that network marketing company? So technically, I still work with them today. Oh, um, really? I do. So <laughs> I've been with them for over seven years. I still take their products every single day. Um, I don't actively promote it the way that I did when I first started. Like in general, while network marketing got me to where I am today, um, totally, like you learn, if you get a good company, you actually learn so much about internet marketing in general 
how to market. Um, I did, I'd never read a self-help book or entrepreneurial book before network marketing. And I started getting into all these incredible sales books and networking groups and all of this kind of stuff. So I learned such a great background from it, but it's also a ton of work and it takes a lot of consistent work and you are very stuck in their rules. You have to use their website, their way of doing things. You can only say certain things. And so while I still love the product, I still love the company and I do share it from time to time with people I think it's a good fit for. Uh, it's not something that I promote actively because of those restrictions. So um, once okay, we were financially. Can you tell us what it is? Sure. Um, it's a company called Lavelle um, and their product is called Thrive. So it is, it's a health and wellness supplement company. Um, and they, I mean, it literally just adds supplements to your diet that um, boost different areas of your body that need support. So for me, it allowed me not to fall asleep while I was driving to work to have more natural energy, um, overall, just better mood and to feel better. So it was easy to share. Like people around me were like, okay, something's changed. You used to be exhausted and grumpy and now you have all this energy and you're happy. Like what are you taking? Right. So it was easy to share in that regard, but it was just a lot of work. So what came next then? What happened next? So um, I wanted to figure out how to at least try and automate that process a little bit, how to take um, some of the like manual work of finding new customers and bring that into an automated online process. So I hired a coach that claimed that they could help with automating that process in the space of network marketing, if they were familiar with network marketing. Um, I did not learn how to do that from that coach. I learned a lot of other really great things, but it's kind of like going to the store to buy a pair of pants and you leave with a t-shirt and you're like, cool, like a t-shirt's great, but I really, I still, still needed those pants, like going to Target. So, so I learned from that person though, I did learn, um, Facebook advertising early on when it was still really easy. <laughs> um, I learned a lot more about like funnels and online marketing. And through that person, I connected with another mentor. Um, who actually used ClickFunnels. So before that, I was using WordPress, learned about ClickFunnels, he connected me to ClickFunnels. Um, and that's kind of where all of my like, journey of truly starting my own business. Um, he was the first person to tell me, his name's Vince Reed. Um, he was the first person to really point out that I was doing a lot of things for my daughter as a special needs mom, like really finding support, um, helping her, getting her the right doctors, getting financial support, because there's lots of state programs that I didn't know about originally. Um, and that I should help other parents do that too. So the first business I founded on my own was called Stronger Mommy, and that was helping other parents who had kids with special needs. So that's really, oh, right, okay. it was a good journey. So what, what did you, what did you, how did you start that? What did you do? Um, so I, I, that's where I got my start in Facebook groups. Um, okay. I, I built out a very simple funnel. I built a Facebook group and I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I started going live in my Facebook group. Um, you know, once a week at the exact same time, I kind of, I just naturally like intuitively set things up the way that they made sense to me, but it worked really well. So my group in about six months time went from zero to almost 3000 moms, um, special needs moms and yeah. over 95% of them were active members, meaning they came in, they participated. It was at the time, one of the most active groups on Facebook. So I actually had Facebook contact me, ask me to be a part of their, they call it their power admins. And it was like, at the time, now I think there's like hundreds of thousands of power admins out there. But at the time it was like 1500 people. So it was really cool. I felt super special. Um, <laughs> and I did that for a while. 
And I loved it. I loved helping. I built a course in it. I did all sorts of stuff to help all these other special needs moms, but it's emotionally draining to work in general with that community or communities like that, that are going through so many different challenges. And a lot of people are just like looking for someone to vent to. Um, and so I kind of had to step away from that to protect my own emotional well-being, And so kind of moved off into starting another business. Okay. And what was, what, what was that? Yeah. So it happened kind of by accident in middle of 2018, I was in the ClickFunnels Facebook group and Russell himself had posted, Russell Brunson, for those that don't know, um, had posted that he was looking for people to join his speaker team. So people to basically go out um, on stages and share ClickFunnels uh, for him. And so he asked that everyone just submit a three minute video. Now, at the time, there are about 100,000 members in his Facebook group. So my first thought was like, there's no way they'd pick me because there's like 100,000 people, right? Um, but then I thought like, what the hell? Why does it matter? It's a three minute video. I'm good on video. It takes me no time. Like, I'll just do it. So, because I thought, oh, traveling and speaking on stage, like back to my roots, right? Back to my theater background. That'd be fun. So I applied. Um, I got a callback, quote unquote, and they said, okay, we're sending you a webinar of Russell doing like his perfect webinar. You need to, we're going to send you like him doing it so you can watch it. And then we're going to send you the slides and you need to re-record it and present it yourself and send it back. And you have three days. <laughs> so I did that, sent it back in, um, and was chosen to actually be one of the people on the speaker team to fly out to ClickFunnels headquarters and work with him to, for a couple of days to learn how to present from stage. So, but the crazy thing is there were a hundred thousand people in that group, only 250 people out of a hundred thousand sent in that three minute video. So I always tell people like, you think I could never get it because there's so many people competing for this, but how many other people out of that hundred thousand probably also thought I'm not even going to try because I wouldn't get it because there's so many people. So only 250 people sent in that video, That's then funny. right, like 50 of us, which is still a lot, were chosen to do the webinar. And then 20 of us were brought in to ClickFunnels to actually like join the speaker team. So what was it like? So I've not even heard of the speaker team before. So what was it like going to ClickFunnels? How was that? Uh, a dream come true. Cause I, you know, I mean, like so neat to get to actually work with Russell Brunson and learn, I mean, he, the, this man has a billion dollar company. He has sold like hundreds of millions of dollars from stage. Of course, I want to go learn from him how to sell from stage, right? Like that's, people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for that opportunity. And here I was being able to go do it essentially for free. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. So when was and that? I got, sorry? When was that? This was like September, October, maybe of 2018. All right, okay. So you arrive at ClickFunnels headquarters. What happens then? Yeah, um, I started meeting all the other people that were brought in to the speaker team. And every single one of them was already a Two Comic Club Award winner, had millions of followers, uh, had spoken on stages to hundreds of thousands of people already. Like all of them were incredibly successful people. And I have not felt like the biggest imposter like that in that moment. I was like, I work with special needs moms and I have a group of 3000. Like I was nobody. It, I was waiting for someone to come and tap me on the shoulder and be like, we're so sorry you came. 
we didn't mean to approve you. Like you can go now. I was, I did not feel like I should be there. Um, but the really cool thing is that in meeting all these people and just very humbly sharing what I did, cause I felt like it was nothing at all. Yeah. Everyone was like, how do you have such an active group? It's forget how many members are in it. How do you keep them so active? Cause it had been at that point, three years that that group had been really engaged and active. And they're like, how are you doing that? And so it was kind of the first time I realized that maybe I had a skill that I didn't know about and started just freely sharing with them how I had done it and teaching them how to do it in their groups, which eventually turned into me teaching other people how to do that. And that's kind of how I kind of moved from Stronger Mommy into like more of a coaching business. All right. Okay. So what happened with the speaker team? Speaker team never quite took off the way uh, we all had hoped it would. Um, Everyone wanted Russell. They didn't want someone from his team. They wanted him. And so it was very hard for him or or his team to book us at events because they wanted him. Um, So it just never really worked out. And it really was kind of like the pilot program of 2019. And then with 2020 and everything that happened, it really just kind of fizzled out from there as live events dropped off. So. All right. But it was a great experience. (laughs) I bet it was. So were they going to, how were they going to do it anyway? Were they going to, were you going to get paid to do it or were you going to get commission or how was it? Yeah, both. Um, it was going to be, you know, paid and then also commission on the sales because you're essentially selling click funnels from stage. So it was like a package that we would sell, um, but just didn't work out. But you know what? It was such, it was a perfect experience. I think a lot of times we feel like something didn't go the way we'd expected, right? I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to make a ton of money from this. I'm going to like become a great speaker. It's going to be amazing. And while that isn't what happened, I got to be friends with all of these other speakers that were on speaker team, like really incredible entrepreneurs that were way more successful than me and learn from them. I got to learn directly from Russell um, and it really, you know, it just elevated who I was. So I think it's always great to look at something and go, well, it didn't turn out the way I hoped, but it was yeah. still a really great experience. So after that, what, what did you do next? What was the, how were you making your money then? Yeah, so launched a couple of different programs, helping people grow and scale and and really like monetize and keep their Facebook groups active and did that for a while and got into more um, sales coaching because I, again, I just had such a good background in sales and I was very good at closing sales. Um, And in 2019-ish, I got a little burnt out, which is like the story of my life. I I get burnt out with things. Facebook groups were just kind of being oversaturated. It wasn't the market that I really wanted to be in anymore. Um, And my husband at the time had been working for another company still in the event space. And so he was like, you know, what do we do here? Maybe we start our own business. Um, So we partnered actually, technically we created our own business, but more to 1099 under another company. And we partnered with another company to start doing these live events. At the time I was still coaching um, and he was doing, you know, a lot of the live events and things like that. And then with everything that happened with COVID, we really had to figure out how we were going to pivot because live events weren't happening anymore. So we pivoted into online, you know, recording some of that kind of stuff. And then at the end of 2021, stepped away from partnering with that other company and decided to just go full steam ahead out on our own as our own company. Um, And so from like November of 2021 to May of 2022 is when we did that um, $1 million for that two comic club. All right. Okay. So when, when did you decide that you wanted to achieve a two comma club? 
Um, definitely like once I became a speaker and really started to get into the ClickFunnels culture more, and I was part of that team and seeing all the success that they'd had, um, was when I really was like, okay, now I need to achieve this. Like this is <laughs> watching people walk across that stage, get their award. I was like, oh, I need, I need my award. <laughs> I need to do it. Um, and I think part of it for me at least was proving to myself that I was in their same caliber as all of these other people that were on that speaker team that I did deserve to be there. Um, so it was really like a lot of it was about a, achieving that level that they were already on. So when did you first go to Funnel Hacking Live? Um, my first Funnel Hacking Live was 2018, I think. So when I got accepted onto speaker team, I didn't have tickets for Funnel Hacking Live. And just before flying out, I was like, shoot, I what if they ask? And I'm like the only person on speaker team that doesn't even have a ticket to the Funnel Hacking Live event. Like, how could I? Okay, so I'll just buy one. <laughs> I bought a ticket, booked all my flights and all that. Um, and just, yeah, that was my first Funnel Hacking Live by accident, basically, because I'd already made the speaker team. So I figured I should probably go to the event. And what was it like? What was it like, the first one? Um, I've been to other events. I mean, and I've obviously helped produce events, but Funnel Hacking Live was incredible. Um, to be an entrepreneur surrounded by other people that are also like so highly driven towards a common goal of like just general achievement. Um, I've never been somebody that's like in tune with the energy in the room or the vibrations or any of that, but I truly like, there is a different energy in that room. And it just, it made me so motivated. I obviously, I learned a ton from all the different speakers, but I also connected with incredible people. I networked my face off, something I'm very good at. Um, and just, it was such an incredible experience to really kind of fuel that fire of like, okay, how am I going to take things to the next level? So what's your top tips then for networking at somewhere like Funnel Hacking Live? Yeah, so actually I did a whole YouTube video the other day, um, I don't think <laughs> but on networking, because there's, so I've always been good at networking online and then also like in person and something I've been very good at is networking with people that are like, quote unquote, out of touch, right? So the celebrities, the people are always like, how do you, like, how does that person know who you are? And <laughs> Um, I like, I mean, I'll get, I'll get very well-known people that just, they know who I am. They message me, they say hi to me if they see me. Um, and I'm not somebody special, but I do it, um, by actually like showing up for those people consistently. So in an online space, if there's somebody I really want to connect with and network with, I show up to their lives. I, you know, I comment positively on their, on their posts, like truthful comments, but I stay really positive and I stay consistent. And so then my name starts to become one they recognize. My face starts to become one they recognize. And so I do the same thing when I meet somebody in person, but I do it in a very different way. A lot of people, let's say you meet Russell Brunson at you know, a live event, it's like, oh my God, it's Russell Brunson. Can I get your picture? Let me just tell you, I absolutely love ClickFunnels, right? They just fanboy like crazy. Instead, I wait till no one else is around, till he has a free minute. I very quietly say hello so that I attract zero attention whatsoever. I never ask for a photo, an autograph, anything like that. I simply say very quickly, like, hi, Russell, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Chantal. I've really, you know, like used ClickFunnels for a couple of years and I absolutely love what you do. Thank you so much for everything. And then I walk away. That's yeah. it. I don't want to take up a ton of your time. I appreciate you. And I, I walk away. Almost every time that person will call me back to speak with me because most people, 
try to monopolize someone else's time. They want to talk, they want to socialize, they want to talk about all the like the greatness that they are. And instead, I'm just like, it's so nice to meet you. You're awesome. Get back to your day. Thank you. And now I've shown that even if they choose to re-engage me in conversation, they can leave at any time. I'm not going to hold them hostage. I'm not going to monopolize them. Um, and it works incredibly well to not only meet really important people, but to be a memorable experience for them. Awesome. Good tip. Yeah. I like it. So <laughs> when you went to Funnel Hacking Live, did you did you join them, any of their programs that they offer? I did. So the funny thing is when I was in speaker team, a couple of the people on speaker team were part of the first year of the 2CCX program, which was... Um, Russell had had his inner circle, which was like his really expensive high level program. And so that first year he created kind of a mid program that you could still um, work with him a little bit more than, you know, just having click funnels, but not as kind of one on one as his high program. And in talking to the people that were in it, they all really loved it. Um, and it had been such a good experience for them. But they also told me the price tag. And I was like, not a chance in hell because I do not have that kind of money. I am not able to join something like that, but good for you. And uh, it was, I think the first year it was 18,000. And then we knew like speaker team knew it was going to be 25,000 when he presented it again. And I was like, I don't have 25 grand or two, uh, uh, 2,500 a month. Like I just don't like, that's a, that's a mortgage for me. Like I don't have that. So I was sitting in the audience at my first ever fall hacking live and Russell gets up on stage and he presented it beautifully. Um, and the first thing that came to my mind was like, I could, like, I now know enough people from speaker team and just, again, being very good at networking. I've networked with some incredible funnel builders and things like that. Like, I don't need that because I could talk to any of those people anytime I want. And the other side of me doesn't like to take advantage of friendships. So I was like, I also don't want to be calling in favors. And I know that if I could be around other people more consistently that are at the level that I'm at and driven to the level I want to be in my business by joining this thing that I can grow because I'm around the right group of people. So I texted my husband and I said, Hey, I want to join two comic club. And he was like, uh, how much is it? This is all over text. I replied $25,000 and then nothing blank, no little dots. And so I'm like, hello. <laughs> and he texts back and he was like something along the lines of like, um, like, are you asking for permission? Question mark. And I was like, I don't know, like, it's a lot of money. What do you think? And so he said, well, I've never said no to you before, which is true. He's always been such a big supporter of mine, but I wasn't looking for someone to tell me that I could spend the money. I was looking for him to tell me that he believed in me enough that if I spent $25,000 on this program, that I could turn that into a million dollars down the road, that he believed that I could do it. So, uh, and he said, yes, he was like, absolutely. I believe in you hundred percent go for it. I did. I threw a text message, spent $25,000, jumped on board, um, joined the Two Comma Club coaching program and um, 2CCX and met some of the best people I've ever met that I'm still friends with today. And I'm so grateful, if, I mean, if for nothing else than just being able to network with them. So what was it like being part of that, that group then? What so from what I heard, year one was very different than year two. So I joined in year two. They changed the program a lot. Um, a lot of people that were in year one really wished it was, it hadn't changed so much. Um, there were some really great things about it and there were some challenges, which they've, I think they've changed the program again because of the challenges. 
you are essentially, or at least at the time, we were given access to like a ridiculous amount of pre-recorded um, courses and content, which is great, except that it is overwhelmed. And I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to go through. Um, I was all over the map, try this, try that. I mean, you're literally like giving an entrepreneur a ton of shiny objects. So that was a challenge. Um, we had coaches that we met with every week, but we met with them in a really big group. So you only got a couple of minutes to work on your thing. So that was also a challenge. Um, I was probably one of the most active members of their Facebook group, just having been someone that runs an active Facebook group. I was just really good at that. Yeah. And that's probably why I networked with so many people. And for me, that Facebook group was the best because I got to bounce ideas off of people. Um, I got to work with people that were, you know, a step ahead or a couple steps ahead. Um, and in general, it, it had its ups and downs, but I, I certainly am grateful that I did it. So how many people were in it at the same time? Um, several thousand, I want to say. It was, okay. it was a lot of people, yes. So how many, do you know how many, so while you were in it, how long did you stay in it for? Um, so I stayed in it for a year plus like a month because um, I rejoined because there was a lot of talk about how the program was going to change moving forward. So um, at Funnel Hacking Live in January of 2020, we had just completed the Two Comma Club cruise. So you do, we did like this really fun cruise with Russell um, and then went to Funnel Hacking Live like a week after the cruise. And um, there was all this talk about like what changes were going to be. And I'm like, I'm going to stay in it. I loved, there were four live events that they did throughout the year that were really great. Uh, and then shortly after that, COVID hit in March. And those live events obviously had to get canceled because of COVID. And for me at that point, I was like, it's just not, the live events was what really drove, like brought me to have a lot of like value out of it. So I dropped out after the live events got canceled. All right. Okay. So the goal of being in the two CCX program now is to achieve a two comma club. Absolutely. And I did not. <laughs> <laughs> how many people did? Do you know? I don't know how many people did. I do know. So a lot of my friends were people that were in year one. Almost everyone that I like ended up becoming friends with, networking with, came from year one. And most of them um, achieved their two comma club award last year so they were it's funny they were a year ahead of me in the program and they were a year ahead of me in achieving their award so it's still I do know some people got their award during that first year of being in two two CCX um but I think most it's not nothing's an instant like I learned it now I have my two comma club there's still a journey that you have to go on there are bumps and bruises along the road and um we, we all learned enough from that, obviously, to get there eventually, but it didn't mean that it was happening overnight. So what do you think was the biggest driver for you to achieve your two comma club now? So it's funny because a lot of people look at it and go, okay, well, you started your, technically, like you started your business, right, in, I don't know, November of 2021 and earned your two comma club in May of 2022, like seven months. That's crazy. And that's not even the fastest, but like, we're not even close, but really it seems like such a short period of time. Um, I heard a quote once and it's probably my favorite quote. And they said, how, uh, how long did it take you to become an overnight success? And it's so powerful to me because that's what it looks like. Everyone sees, oh my gosh, you started your business in 2021. You got your two comma club in seven months, but it, I didn't start learning in 2021. I started learning when I was seven years old in theater. I started learning how to do online business in 2014. Like, 
I've been in the industry for 20 years, right? And so there's, there's so much work that goes into it that's behind the scenes that people don't see. And um, I think a lot of times we just see somebody have what looks like that overnight success and all of a sudden it seems so easy. And realistically, it's just that they finally, after years of hard work, built up enough knowledge and skill to get there. Of course, there's always a couple of those, like they just hit it big, right? It's like a gamble, they won the lottery, but it's super rare. Yeah. What do you think's been your biggest hurdle that you've had to overcome on your journey so far? Disappointment. <laughs> um, I, I am somebody that dreams big and I think it's so important to dream big, um, but also really hard on myself when I don't achieve a goal that I set, even if that goal is like basically unattainable. So, you know, thinking, okay, well, I can spend that $25,000, join the two comic club coaching program. And by the end of the year, I will walk that stage and have my two comic club award. And then I didn't. And it's, it's hard to not let that affect you and pull you down and to have those self-doubt thoughts and, well, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe it's never going to happen. Um, so I think, you know, learning to kind of move through not achieving your goal sometimes, hitting that disappointment. I mean, even if we go all the way back to that very first business I started online with Stronger Mommy, um, I, when I launched it for the very first time I launched it and I, I was running Facebook ads at like $5 a day, super cheap. Cause back in the day you could do that. You can't, can't do that now, but back in the day you could, um, I was running Facebook ads at $5 a day. I had like a hundred people opt in for my thing. Um, I made about $360 in sales, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I had only spent $15 in ads. Me today knows that if you can spend $15 in ads and make $360, that's incredible. Like the return on ad spend right there, killer. My numbers were off the charts good, but I didn't understand that at the time. And all I saw was that my goal was to sell $1,000 in my first day and I'd only sold $360 in three days. So I failed. And I changed everything that I was doing because I thought I'd failed and I tanked it. I sold nothing else for months because I changed how I was doing everything. And so I think the biggest thing that I learned was like, you have to not just set a goal and believe that like, because you didn't achieve it, you failed. Instead, if I had taken a step back and really looked at it and said, Hey, I only spent $15 and I made 360, my return on ad spend is great. All I need to do is up my ad spend and I'll get those sales maybe I could have achieved that two comic club that first year, right? Who knows? So that's been my learning process. So when you didn't get the two comic club in that first year of two CCX, how did you keep your motivation up to get it? It was hard. Um, I definitely like changed businesses. I pivoted. Um, I looked for something else. And the hard, the, the sad part is I wasn't doing badly. I just didn't, again, it was that disappointment of not hitting the goal I thought I could. So I changed a bunch of stuff because I thought, okay, well, it's not working. It was working. It was just working slower than I wanted it to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I unfortunately, clearly not something I had overcome at the time yet, uh, was how to deal with that. It's even something today. I mean, that I still struggle with. I, I try to always learn from my past. So at least now when I don't hit a goal, I try to think like, okay, we didn't hit the goal, but what are the good parts of this that we can kind of take moving forward? What's the positive? Was our goal realistic? That's always the first question I ask myself because a lot of times the answer is no. 
set a big goal that has some realistic milestones along the way so you can still feel like there's a win. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't handle it well. So do you, what do you do for your goal setting? Do you do quarterly goals, yearly goals? What goals do you set yourself? Um, I do, I try to set like all of those. I try to set like a weekly goal, a monthly goal, a quarterly goal, an annual goal, and then like a 10 year goal. Um, so, and I usually work backwards. So it's easier to say, okay, well, my goal in 10 years is, let's say my goal in 10 years is $20 million in sales. Cool. Okay. What does that mean? I have to do each year over 10 years to reach that. How many sales a year do I have to do? Right. And then backwards from that. Okay. Well, if that means I have to sell, um, I don't know, uh, what, $2 million a year math, right. If I have to sell $2 million a year. What do I have to sell each quarter? each month, each day, right? And then we break it down from there and go, okay, well, what am I selling? How do I sell that much? How do I do it? So I kind of like started the big goal, work backwards and then work towards it again to figure out what those milestones actually look like, um, what's achievable. And then you kind of have to factor in momentum. So again, hitting like getting that first six figures was really hard. Um, then getting from six to seven figures is a really big jump because that's, that's 10 times, that's 10X, right? To 10X. Um, but then once you get to a million dollars, you should at that point have a pretty good system and process. So going from 1 million to, you know, to the 10 million, hopefully we'll, we'll see, maybe we'll do another one of these, um, should be about <laughs> maintaining that process and then just kind of like adding more fuel to that fire. So how many, how big is your team at the moment? Do you have a team or what do you have? So technically on payroll is my husband and myself, um, but then we also, we basically like outsource a lot of stuff. So I wouldn't call it our, we don't have a team that we payroll, but we have a team. So we have an accountant, we have a bookkeeper, we have a CPA, um, we, and then we have a ton of 1080. So those are all companies that we work with that handle the law firm, right? They handle all that kind of stuff. Um, and then we have other 1099 workers or other companies that work with us for labor. So we hire people as needed for that. Oh, okay. What's the 1099 then for our UK listeners? Is that? A oh yeah. Sorry. Um, so like a, like a, I guess it, you guys are probably familiar at least with like the gig economy. So, right. Okay, like so somebody that, um, they're, they're not fully employed with you. They don't have a job with you, but you hire them on a temporary basis. Right. Okay. So they're just, they're just like self-employed freelancer. Yeah. Like a freelancer. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So do you have a morning routine or meditations or anything that you do daily? I don't meditate daily. I definitely should do yoga more often than I do. Every time I do it, I'm like, oh, I feel so good. I should do this more <laughs> than I forget to do it for weeks on end. Um, I, I would say my morning routine when it's nice out. I live in Arizona um, and we'll translate into UK heat terms. It's like 45 right here, right now. Uh, so it's like really, really hot um, and gross. So in the winter, when it's not gross, <laughs> when it's like in, in the nice 20s in, in uh, Celsius for you guys, it, uh, I typically try to go for a two and a half to five mile walk a day. And that's when I will listen to an audiobook, which is just the best way to start my day with some kind of like, I'm educating myself. I'm the most focused on the audiobook when I'm walking because I'm not doing anything else. I'm getting that exercise and those endorphins from the exercise. Um, and that's pretty much how I start my day. I'm also incredibly strict when you talk like routine with my working hours. So I work nine to about three 
Monday to Friday and that's it because I have to get my daughter to school. I have to get my daughter from school. Um, and I want to be a mom and I want to be like with my family during the hours that she's home. So I only work working hours when I'm working. I pretty much try to stay focused on work, even though I work from home and for myself and nobody's here to tell me to do whatever. Um, and then when I'm off, I pretty much try to stay away from work, away from my computer. And all of my clients know that. So it works really well. Uh, my husband does not have that luxury because he's the one that travels for all of our events. So he does, at least when he's traveling, he does end up working obviously like weekends or evenings for the events. But when he's home, he does follow the same schedule that we, we work working hours and then we're off on the weekends. Yeah, that's good. It's hard to, when you work from home, I think it's hard not to work when you work from home. Like, yeah, it's, we have dedicated office spaces, which I think makes a big difference. And I close the door to my office like when, when it's not work hours. I close that door, I shut my computer down, and I'm like, stay, stay off, stay out, right? <laughs> That's the, it's like going to the office. I just don't have yeah. to drive there. <laughs> so what's your focus for the rest of this year? Um, the rest of this year is we are at a really good growth point in our company. So we've had some incredible clients um, over the past year, obviously, that helped us get to that million dollars. And um, we've really gotten into a good flow and a good pace with our company. And so now we're at a point where we can bring on more people into our team. Um, so hire more people and really start to grow. We're just very actively looking to bring on new clients and to expand our roster so that we can get to that next milestone. So how do you find your clients? Do you run ads? Um, so we don't currently run ads and um, we find them in a lot of ways, but I would say referrals is probably one of the biggest. So clients that have worked with us in the past, that will say, Hey, go check out this company, like check them out, see if you're interested. They could probably help you with that. Um, I do a little bit of social media marketing for it now, which we're ramping up. Um, so we're going to start to, as we, you know, we're looking to bring in more people. So we're going to start to increase that. Um, we may run ads in the future, but uh, at the moment, it's been really great with just word of mouth and um, and people, you know, seeing how well we do events and then going, hey, I could use your help on the next one. That's awesome. So, two comma seven, no assets. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I have one last question for you. Sure. If you were going to be an animal for 24 hours, what would you be and why? I would be a tiger. I have loved tigers my whole life. Um... I don't know. Like if I could, if I could even just play with a tiger, I would die happy. I have loved tigers. Um, but also they have like, there's so many features about them. I love, so they have a tail and like, think about how fun it would be to have a tail, right? You're all excited. You get to like swish it around. It just seems like so much fun. They're soft and fuzzy, but they're also really like, they're beautiful creatures, but they're strong and powerful. I just think like I would be a tiger. <laughs> awesome okay if anybody's interested in finding out more about you where should they go uh, my facebook page is probably one of the best places to find me so um chantelle page turner on facebook or tiktok chantelle p turner i'm pretty easy to find um but those are the two platforms i'm on the most uh and it's and then i have links on all of those for all sorts of ways to connect with us but um that's probably the best place to find me okay awesome Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please take a moment to leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the podcast on your podcast software. It really helps us rank the podcast and get more listeners. And if you're over on YouTube, please subscribe and hit the bell. 
Every Friday, 8am GMT, we release a brand new episode. And until then, have a good one.